0: good morning hope you're doing well man i cannot wait to see that full-length film and uh, uh, i just uh, i'm so grateful for a church that is so dedicated to uh, doing creativity uh, with excellence and telling the story of jesus in a way that um like pastor brad said is not embarrassing for us to tell we've got the greatest story of all to tell and so let's just tell it at the level that that makes it worthwhile. And uh, I love this church, such an honor to get to come back and uh, get to preach here. Uh, For those of you I've never been with before, my name is David Nasser and I'm a guest. And uh, I I don't feel like a guest in the sense that whenever I come here, I see people that I just can't wait to see. I always love Pastor Paul and Pastor Wayne and Pam, who's such a great hostess. And, uh, you know, it's just always so good uh, to get to come here and be with these amazing leaders that God has given you on your staff. Pastor Brad is a bit of a hero to me and has just become a friend throughout the years, someone that I uh, look to as one of, the, one of the podcasts and sermons that I listen to on a regular basis so that I'm spiritually fed and I'm so grateful. But honestly, out of all those visible leaders that I just mentioned, I just can't uh, just tell you enough how much you have that same level of commitment to excellence and love for ministry and, and the non-visible edges as well. You know, from the people who get up really, really early, who run, uh, you know, all of these programmings for you, uh, to the people that you'll never see out front, you know, that just are committed to this cause. I'm just grateful, including Jerry, who's been our host for today. All right, so can we just thank these people? They do an amazing job. Um, I got here early this morning, and when I when I came here there was someone right here on on stage, and it wasn't me, it was this sweet lady, Mary Beth, and she didn't have a microphone in her hand. She literally, when I came to church this morning, had a broom in her hand, and she was just sweeping this area, just getting it ready, you know? And uh, as a matter of fact, I think she's side stage, all right? She's gonna be mad at me for doing this, but Mary Beth, are you here? Are are you still side stage? Uh, Will you just, come on out for just a second. Will you come out? She's probably gonna be mad at me for this, all right? But um, this is Mary Beth. And we were talking a little while ago, she's been serving uh, on the stage crew for about four or five months, right? But before that, used to do childcare. So, you know, uh, she's just faithfully been a part of this church for 10 years, ten years you know? And, and again, for all the Brad Powells of the world that we see and all these people that we should see and, and, and be grateful for, you got the Mary Best of the world who just uh, faithfully just wake up and are diligent and so grateful for you, all right? Can you tell them real quickly? We were talking a minute ago, and you said, I I said, how long have you been going to church here? And you said 10 years, and you told me something about Brad that I thought, that is so true about him. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. Tell them what you told me about Pastor Brad. Hello. um, (laughs) Hi, everyone. So my son and my daughters and I were exiting churches probably four or five years ago, and we were just really appreciating Brad's teaching. And my son said as we were walking to the car, brad's one of us and that just says it all right there and i'm so thankful for this church and it's a joy to be here serving amen you know what she's gonna do now i was just asking her after the sur- i said like, what are you gonna do that- you're gonna go do laundry is that right we have to fold towels yes <laughs> apparently they do washing and clothing they do laundry here at the church so Y'all next week, bring your tithe, bring your bag, bring your tithe. It'll be awesome, all right? Can we just thank her? She's amazing. I and mean, so, again, I think you represent so many people. Man, uh, and, and I do feel like Pastor Brad is just real, and he's just one of us. And uh, I, I was, I was kind of talking to some of the team about this sermon, and I said, hey, this one gets a little raw. And, and gets a little real, you know. It's a little unvarnished. And is it okay? And they just looked at me and they were like, "You know who preaches here every week, right?" And Pastor Brad, you're gonna—they're—they're they're used to real, all right. And so, he really is uh, one of us. If you have your Bibles, if you would get them out, we're gonna be in Luke today. We're gonna be in the Christmas story. And this is one of those moments where I'm going I'm to revisit with you a story that most of us already know. You know, at, at the beginnings of the Christmas story, um, you know, um, as we look in Luke 1, 26, um, there's probably not going to be a lot of surprises for you as we read the text. But what's, what's um, challenging for us when we know something that we're familiar with is that it, it tends to lose its supernatural awe and wonder. And, and we become so familiar with it that we just kind of um, stop looking at it through supernatural lenses. And, and I want to challenge us, if we could today, to really lean in here and, um, and look at this, maybe not as though it's the first time you've ever heard it, but maybe from a new angle, all right, a, a new perspective, and, and to greater than anything else, not just see this as a story that is relevant in the life of a, of a woman named Mary about 2,000 years ago, but is relevant for you and for me, Uh, Today, and the way it's going to apply itself to when we go to work next Tuesday morning. All right? And so, what does God have for us uh, in this text? So, let me just read it for us and then we'll uh, unpack it. Luke 1 26. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. Stop for just a second, and let's just unpack those two verses. Now, I know these two verses are almost like a a flyby verse or two that we get to before we get to the good stuff in the story, but there's application here in, in these two verses in that for long, long, long periods of time, the people of old had been waiting for the coming king. For a long, long time, they had been waiting on the promise that there would be a deliverer who would ultimately come to deliver them that there would be a Messiah that was to come. And they had read about him in the scribes of old. They had they'd heard about the prophecies of the coming king. And they knew certain things were told by these prophets about the coming king. They knew that the coming king would come from the lineage of David. They knew that genealogy, right? They knew that the coming king was going to be a king that was going to be born, uh, you know, in Bethlehem. They knew all of these different things. And so these first two verses right here are a reminder that God had made a promise And in due season, that promise was about to come into fruition. And so I know it's a fly-by-verse here in the beginning, but it might just be that's the main reason God brought you to church today, all right? Just to hear this, that when God makes a promise, sometimes it takes a really, really long time, and we're waiting on his promise for a really, 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 really long time. But when God makes a promise, you can take it to the bank. And in these first two verses, we're reminded that God had made these promises of old, and then all of a sudden, front-loaded is, it comes into reality. So in the sixth month, in the sixth month, all of a sudden, one day, God sends an angel To a teenage girl named Mary who's promised to a man named Joseph, and the angel begins to talk to her. Now, before we go any further, again, coming back to this reality of losing not the wonder of the story. How many of you believe that this isn't some fictional fairy tale, but an actual event that happened? Are you with me on this? Now, have you ever stopped to think about this? There's this teenage girl, and an angel shows up. And the angel begins to talk. He begins with greetings. That's crazy, y'all. <laughs> an angel shows up and begins to talk to her. Well, let me just save take it further. How many of you believe that not only that happened, but that it could happen today? If God wanted to, he could, he could have an angel appear to you and me. Anybody else? Okay, are you sure? <laughs> if I got up this day and um, I walked out here and I had a microphone in my hand and I said, hey, it's good to be with you guys. I got to tell you what happened in my hotel room early this morning. I woke up in my hotel room here in Detroit, and all of a sudden there was someone in my room, and I thought, maybe the shadow is weird, but there was someone literally standing in my room. You'd be like, what happened, you know? And and I said, listen, I, I go, who's there? And it was an angel. An angel showed up in my room this morning, and the angel started to talk to me this morning. Most of you would be looking at each other going, does Pastor Brad really vet who he has up on stage now? This guy just said someone showed up in his room and that it was a physical angel that started to talk to him. And if I told you that, you'd be like, what are you talking about? As a matter of fact, some of you would be hanging onto your wallets going, anytime a preacher says he had a vision from an angel, they're going to take an offering. And so most of us would be skeptic to say the least. But the truth of this moment is that an angel appears to this woman, and the angel begins to talk. Now, if I could get over the hurdle that an angel was talking to me, and the angel front loaded the conversation with, I have been sent here by God to give you a message, and here it is. You ready? You have favor with God. (laughs) If I could get over the supernatural hurdle, I would have been like, it's about time God sent a messenger to say he's been noticing, and I like where it's going. Do tell. (laughs) Can you imagine if God sent an angel to you and God said you have favor? I don't know how you'd interpret it, but I'd be like, I'm about to get hooked up. God just sent a messenger to say gifts are coming my way. I hope I got a lot of clearance under the Christmas tree because favor is fixing to be hooked up on me. What does this mean? If God sent an angel to me and said, favor, it would be like, is the next book that I'm working on right now finally going to sell? Because I've written five books. They've all flopped. All right. So does this mean the next book's finally going to actually like go somewhere? Does this mean God's about to open up new relationships I've never had? If God said, you have favor, does this mean I'm going to get that promotion at work that I've been overlooked for years? What does favor look like? And God sends an angel, Gabriel, to Mary to say, you have favor. And if you look at it in the next verse, Mary begins to think this way. Mary begins to go, This is amazing. I have favor. Look at verse 29. It says, I have favor. I am about to become famous. There's going to be velvet paintings of the mother Mary holding the baby Elvis in the south. And there'll be stained glass windows of me all over churches in Europe. And I'm about to get more traffic than Kim Kardashian on fame. This is huge. Finally, God noticed. Isn't that what it says? No. It says the very opposite. In verse 29, Mary is troubled at the saying it says and tries to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the reality of it is that Mary has the spiritual maturity to understand that favor with God, favor with God doesn't mean favors from God. (laughs) See, favors from God... Favors from God is when God does something that we go, that was a favor from God. It could be as trivial as I'm driving around this parking lot during Christmas trying to find a parking space at this target, and then all of a sudden a perfect one opens up, and you're like, favor! You know, that's sure, that's a little bitty tiny favor, and you can even thank God for it, you know? And so, like, great, but that is favors. From God, Favors from God is God opens up a door. God gives us something that lands on our lap that we go, man, I could have never earned it. This is amazing. But there's a, an, an ocean of difference between favors from God versus favor with God. And Mary has the maturity to understand. Mary has the spiritual depth to understand that favor with God is about to be very, very costly. If you're taking notes... There's two kinds of favor. Let's just break that down first. There's two kinds of favor. The first one, the preeminent one, is grace. The preeminent one is unearned. The preeminent one is the gift of salvation. That is ultimate favor. As a matter of fact, we call the grace of God unmerited, undeserving favor. That's a favor that is gifted to us by nothing we've done. That's a favor that's very costly, but the cost was all about what Jesus did on the cross. And so when we receive that favor, we're talking about an expensive gift that you and I could never pay on our own. That's ultimate favor, preeminent favor, saving favor, eternal favor, but that's not the kind of favor that this angel is referring to here in the life of Mary. The other kind of favor is not so much grace and salvation, but anointing. Anointing. When God puts favor on someone's life, and it's not so much favor being bestowed on us as far as the the favor of salvation, but favor being bestowed through us, where the deliverer gets to be delivered through us. Isn't that the Christmas story at its very essence? That God impregnates a person with the son of God and she gets to deliver to our world the good news indeed. And that's the kind of favor that we're talking about here. And it's not just for Mary. Mary. It's just for you and for me. It's for every aspect of our life where God gives us the gospel. And after he gives us the gospel, he favors us with the opportunity to give it away to somebody else. Not just in us, but through us. That's the second kind of favor. That's the anointing kind of favor. And throughout history, God looks here at the life of a little girl who's not perfect, but is trying to do everything she can to kiss the face of God with her choices and with her life. And God says, there is someone pretty ordinary in Mary that I'm about to do something incredibly extraordinary through. And he sends a messenger to say, you have favor with God, and here it is. And he begins to break it down. I love to break it down. Mary's troubled at these words and wonders what kind of favor this might be. And the angel says to her in verse 30, do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God, and behold, you want to figure out what it is? Here it is. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and on his kingdom there will be no end. So, you have found favor with God, and you wanna know what it is? I'll let you peek behind a curtain. You are pregnant. How you like them apples? I know you're a virgin, but you're pregnant. But not only are you pregnant, you ready for this? Lock and load, y'all. You're not just pregnant, you're pregnant with God. Drop mic. You're pregnant, okay, and you're pregnant with God. And Mary, at that moment, understands the weight of favor. If you're going, what do you mean? Uh, here's what I mean. Mary knew from the prophecies of old, not just that there would be a Savior who would come one day, but that that same Savior that would come one day would one day die on a cross she didn't just know the prophecies of old, that the Deliverer would be born right in a humble beginning. She knew also the prophecies of old, that he would be pierced for our transgressions, wounded for our sins. The punishment that was gonna bring us peace, right, bring her peace, was gonna be upon him, and that by his wounds, he, we, you and I could find healing. And so she knew at that very moment that the Deliverer was gonna be delivered through her, and what that meant was she wasn't just gonna get to see the birth of the Deliverer, she was gonna see the crucifixion of the Deliverer. And Every parent in this room already that I'm looking at is nodding because you know, you just did the math in your head, what it feels like for you as a parent to know that you know the expiration date, you know the funeral date of your own child. Hey, our, our kids are supposed to go to our funerals, not the other way around. They're supposed to outlive us. And can you imagine, I mean, putting yourself as a parent in this. I I got two kids, right? Can you imagine not only knowing that your child will die before you, but knowing that your child will be tortured on a cross before you? And Mary knew, Mary knew that that same deliverer that she was going to get to deliver to the world was the same one who was going to be beaten and crucified and mocked and ridiculed. And physically nailed to a tree for the sins that she had committed, and every single one of us. So, no wonder she's troubled. And Mary begins to think this through, and she begins to have a real grasp of what favor looks like. Two things about favor I want us to bring together today. Number one favor is expensive, favor is costly. Favor will cost you your reputation. You don't think Mary did the math realizing I'm a virgin. I just got told I'm pregnant. And in about seven months when I'm really, really showing in the village, people are going to point and go, I wonder if she and Joseph out of wedlock did things they weren't supposed to. I wonder if this is going to cost me my reputation. But not only did she know it was going to cost her reputation, she knew that there would be this pain in the deliverance, not just a physical pain, but an emotional pain. She knew that this would be costly. Can I just ask you a question? Today, anybody here want favor? Are you sure? What if it's painful? What if it's costly? What if it cost you your reputation? Would you take it then? A little while ago, our worship team led us in this, this song, right? And, and they were talking about how may the favor of God be upon you and your children and their children and their children. And we all say we don't just want it for us. We want it for the people that we love generationally that are attached to us. Would we want it for our children and our children's children and our children's children's children if we knew that that favor cost them their reputation? It cost them incredible amounts of convenience. Would we want it for them? Would we want it for us? Not favors from God, but favor with God. I remember one time a few years ago, uh, I read this article in Christianity Today, the magazine, about this band called Jars of Clay. And I know most of you probably don't know this band. They, they, they used to be kind of a big deal, and they haven't had a hit in a really, really long time. But when Jars of Clay was like the biggest band in Christian music, I remember um, they had this, like, seven-page spread about them in Christianity. Today. I was reading this article, and I, uh, it was such a long article that you read, like, three pages, you know, and it just says, Continued on the back. It was like one of those kind of articles. And so I read the article, and I'm flipping through to get to the back of the magazine, to the, to the rest of it. And as I'm flipping through... There was this like half page little prayer request thing right before the second half of the article started. And what caught my eye was I think the words Middle East. I'm originally from Iran, so I'm Middle Eastern. And so in these prayer requests, they were like little bullet points. There was this Middle East prayer request. And it was about this lady, this, this young lady, who was a school teacher in the nation of Pakistan. And as fast as they could kind of spell it out for you to be praying for her, basically the story explained how this woman was teaching English as a missionary in Pakistan. She'd gone to teach English, but while she was teaching children the language, uh, American language, she, English language, she was using the Bible to do it. And she'd actually been effective and had led a couple of children in Pakistan to the Lord. But well, word had gotten out by some of these parents that she had been you know, doing evangelism work. And, and, and one day, as she was walking to work, she was walking in this very, very busy park from point A to B to go to work as a school teacher. They, they had been waiting for her. These people that were angry at what she had done had been waiting for her. And so she's walking through the community, I mean, this park, and these men grab her, form a crowd around her, and began to announce how this woman is caught evangelizing, and the things that are coming out of her mouth are, 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 are lies about Jesus that, that she's been saying to our own children, and we're not going to have that, and so they begin to ridicule this woman. They begin to mock this woman, and then they take a cup, and they pass it around um, and use the restroom in the cup, and then they pour it over this woman, and then the last sentence said, pray for her as she continues continues to be salt and light to the good people of Pakistan. And as I was reading that, I thought, wow, she didn't get a seven-page article. No one flew in with a camera to give her a photo op for the cover. She gets three or four sentences in one little bit of a half page. But I thought, wow, talk about favor. And she stayed. She stayed. And I thought about a woman who every day now goes to work and walks through that same exact park at about the same exact time. And as she walks through that park, people are walking and they're looking and they go, that's that lady the other day that was ridiculed. That's favor because the people of Pakistan are so loved by God that God has sent them someone to deliver Jesus to them. You don't think it costs her her reputation? You don't think she's the subject of ridicule? And so are we willing? Most of us hear that and most of us aren't at that place because we're not in Pakistan hearing that, thinking that's what it's going to cost me. But are we willing to stand on our convictions as a believer even though it might mean that we don't get invited to play golf with the boss, which ultimately means we might get passed over for the promotion? And Mary knew favor with God is expensive. So that's point number one. We want favor, But what if it costs us something? What if giving the most expensive gift that we could have never earned costs us something to give to someone else? Are we willing? And point number two, and here's the last one, is that I think it is very costly favor, but I think it's always worthy. If it's not about our fame, but about his. If it's not about our glory, but his. One of my favorite stories to talk about this and to kind of give you the essence of it is um, a story that I once heard a lady by the name of Beth Moore tell. Beth Moore is a Bible teacher and an author, and um, she tells the story about one time going to the Houston airport to fly out to an event. Beth Moore lives in Houston, and so she goes to the airport. She's uh, sitting at this, like, gate waiting to get on this plane, and, 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 and she tells the story. She says, you know, I'm, I'm sitting at this very, very busy gate, and all of a sudden, uh, the, the air around the gate just kind of gets eerily weird. It gets kind of quiet. And she said, and I look up, and, and I notice that everyone's kind of quiet because everyone is looking at this man who is being brought by, you know, a, a worker at the airport, an employee at the airport, being brought to the gate, to be put on the gate first. This man is in a wheelchair, and he's an elderly gentleman, and, and, and she said, and when we looked, it, everyone's kind of staring at him because he looked like he would have a story to tell, like something's going on with this man his eyes were bloodshot and she said his hair was just disheveled and, and completely messed up and his beard had like food in it and, and he had like a pajama top on that was wrinkled and so it looked like sw- I don't know who this person is but I don't know what their story is but something's going on there and she said and everyone's trying not to be rude and stare but you can't help but stare you know and so she goes I'm looking at this man and, and, and they're kind of got him by the gate entrance to get him on first like they li- allow sometimes you know people to get on with babies and strollers and the elderly and people in wheelchairs and handicapped. So she said, I'm kind of staring and not trying to stare. And she said, and all of a sudden I felt the prompting of God, the prompting of the Holy Spirit say to me, Beth, I want you to stand up and walk over to that man. And I want you to ask him if he can brush his hair. Can I just say this? I love the lady, this lady right here in the second row. And I know different campuses are watching on video, but you got to stick with me. She just went you know, I know, the same feeling for me, but you got you to gotta let me have it even more than you, ma'am, because I know you are like, that would be crazy if God said that to me. I'm from Iran. I'm so glad God never asked me to do crazy things at airports. You know what I'm saying? As in Iran. So even more than you. All right, so that same look you had. Ooh, you know, so like, can you imagine if the Holy Spirit just says to you, like, you're, you're walking the mall this afternoon to like get some Christmas shopping done, and God's like, I want you to go to that stranger and ask if you can brush their hair. You're like, that's so creepy. What are you talking about? I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to get... so. Beth's like, I just feel like the Holy Spirit was saying to me, go brush his hair. Ask him if he can brush his hair. And she said, I just feel really weird and I just feel like, is this really God? And I just don't know what's going on. And she said, and all of a sudden, I just feel like I'm about to lose this moment. She goes, so I stopped calculating whether this makes sense or not. And I just got up and I just walk over. And she said, and I leaned forward and I said, excuse me, sir, I'm so sorry. I know this is really, really weird. Trust me, it's weird for me, too. I was wondering, could I have the pleasure of brushing your hair? (laughs) She said, to which he responds, I can't hear you. (laughs) Which has got to be God going, Gabriel, Michael, come here, watch this. Beth is trying to get away with one. You're going to have to yell, baby. That's how God rolls, right? So, you know. (laughs) So, now she's got to yell so everyone at the gate can hear. Sir! Sir! Can I please have the pleasure of brushing your hair? To which then the gentleman says, yes. To which then Beth said, I had to say, I don't have a brush though, sir. (laughs) (laughs) And isn't that the way God is? Sometimes God will give you vision, but he hasn't yet given you the provision. (laughs) But he's asking you to step out in faith. And she said, and the old man looks at me and says, I think there's a brush in a bag under my seat. And she said, and so I, I get behind him, and I grab the handles of the wheelchair, and I roll it back to where I can sit down, and I lock the wheels. And she said, and I reach under him, and, and there's this bag, and I reach and kind of look, and sure enough, there was this broken brush in the bag. And she said, and I take the brush, and I hold his hair. And she goes, and as a mama, I know how to work kinks out of hair. So she said, you know, I just take this hair, and I just start brushing his hair. And as I'm brushing his hair, I feel so weird. People are just staring at me. 50, 60 people at this airport gate are just staring at me. They're like, is she a gold digger? What's the story? What's going on? She goes, I just feel so awkward, so out of place. I feel so unusual. This just does not feel right. This just feels so weird. And she goes, and while I'm brushing the stranger's hair, She said, he kind of looks at me and quietly says, thank you, thank you. You gotta know that I got put in a hospital a long time ago, flown to this city to be put in a hospital a long time ago and one thing led to another and I haven't been able to get out. And for a long, long time I've been in a hospital and today they're flying me home for the first time in a long time to see my wife in a nursing home, because they're telling me she's going to pass away any day, and they want me to be able to say goodbye. And I was just sitting here a minute ago thinking, my wife hasn't seen me in a long time. What's my bride going to think of me when she sees that I look like a mess? And right when I thought I look like a mess, you just walked up and said, can I brush your hair? When I heard that story, I thought, wow. If God is looking for someone crazy enough to say, I don't care how expensive it is, I'm in. I want God to look at David Nasser and say, you know what? Because I ridiculously gave him favor that he could never earn, he will ridiculously spend it. Even if it's expensive to his reputation, even if it's expensive. And it cost him something. Because it might be costly, but it's worth it. Because he's worthy. And God is looking for you and I, you and I, to have that same kind of favor. At the end of the day, the Christmas story begins with a faithful servant who says, when she does all the count of it and all the cost of it, look at this last verse here, who says, I am, verse 38. I am the Lord's celebrity. Is that what it says? No. I am the Lord's servant. Let it be to me according to your word. And we, in hindsight, have the luxury of looking back and realizing that her faithful service, her faithful service got to play a small part in a story that we get to tell today. And I just wonder if God today is calling some of us to be like Mary. If God today is saying the good news that I gave you, the favor of the gospel, is too good to keep to yourself. And I want you to deliver. I want you to give birth to the good news of Jesus at work, in your neighborhood, to your friend, at that family reunion when you get to come back. And be with the people that are going to see you once a year. You want another one? Just a handle of application? Here the next time that this church gathers together, it'll be Christmas Eve. And Pastor Brad has a word from God that's going to be the message of the gospel as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ and how that birth is literally the opportunity for you and I to have eternal birth and be born again. And Christmas Eve is one of those weird moments, right? These, 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 one of these rare opportunities, one of these off-ramps where you get to invite a neighbor, if you want, to come to church with you, and they might never come with you on a Sunday morning, but because it's Christmas Eve and people think there's going to be candlelight and there's going to be Christmas music and it's going to feel like something very Christmassy to do, they're more prone to say yes. And so what if you stepped out saying, whether I get rejected or not, it's more about the obedience than it is about anything else. And what if right now you said, God, help me deliver Jesus to my next door neighbor, to my coworker. This is gonna be more than just an opportunity to come be with the church body. This is gonna be an opportunity to bring someone here who maybe is yet to be a part of the church body. And God, when they come, I pray, I pray that they will hear about the birth of Jesus. And they'll realize that the deliverer has come to deliver them. And so maybe even now you hear this and you think, man, I'm going to come and I'm going to be a part of it, but I'm going to invite as many people as I can to come and join me. This church has eight different Christmas Eve services, four on this campus and four in the other campuses. And so there's so many opportunities for us to utilize this moment, to be together as a body and to celebrate, but also to bestow the favor of God in and through our lives. Amen. Can we pray together just wherever you are? Listen, before we close in prayer, as you're hearing me, whatever campus you're in, it might be that we need to back up here and say, uh, have you ever first and foremost received the free gift of unmerited favor, the gift of salvation? Have you ever come to a place when you've given your life to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? You said, Jesus, I know you're real. I know 2000 years ago you came down born in a manger, humble beginning. You lived a perfect life. And then you died a sinner's death. And you died on that cross to pay the penalty for my sins. And I've never given my life over to you. And so because I've never done that, what better time than Christmas than to to receive the gift of salvation and say, I give myself over to you. If you've never done that, this could be the morning when you do that. This could be the day when you, when you hear that and say, I don't want to just hear that, but I want to give my life over to him. And at this moment, you can do that. After we dismiss from all of our different campuses, campus pastors and, and leaders are always hanging out towards the front and in the lobby. And you can just go to any of them and just say, I want to know how I can give my life to Jesus and begin to grow. But maybe today you already know the Lord and you're hearing this, and this has become more about the reality of not just favor in you, but then favor through you. And you're thinking about someone who God has given you a holy burden for. And you can begin to think about, God, allow me to be a servant who is used to further your kingdom by sharing Jesus with them, even if it begins with the invitation to a Christmas Eve service. And so, Lord Jesus, we pray, whichever one that is, that there would be application, that we wouldn't just be hearers of your word today, but doers of it. Thank you, Jesus, for favor that's costly, that's expensive. But thank you that when it comes to it, bringing glory to God, it's worthwhile. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, we love you. And again, hope to see you at Christmas Eve when Pastor Brad's got a message for all of us. God bless you guys. Favor on you. Go be a modern-day Mary. You're dismissed.